It's time for the Retire ASAP Podcast. Here's your host, Taylor Fike. Welcome to the Retire ASAP Show, where our goal is to get you free from work as soon as possible. My name is Taylor Fike, and I have my trusty co-host, Brad Fike, with me. Yes, sir. How are you today? Oh, you know, it's a little rainy outside, um, but... I can't complain too much. Yeah, all rested up from all those vacays and uh, back to rocking again. We we did go on, the month of July was, was just one thing to the next. Some of it was vacation, some of it was just short-term traveling, like a little weekend away or something, but it was fun, uh, but I, I was exhausted. Yeah. Oh, you got to go back to work to Exhausted relax. from all that relaxing, you know? <laughs> Isn't that always the case? Well, we do yes. have one more trip coming up, just a, another weekend away. Family up in to Upper Michigan. Yeah, 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 but that's that should be it for the year, well, unless my wife comes up with something. I have a trip to uh, see your sister in Virginia at Smith Mountain Lake. Oh, that sounds kind of cool. Long weekend. Everything's yeah. long weekends. Well, yeah, at your age, everything's long weekends. You're, at your stage of retirement, what do we call it? Pre-retirement? Pre-tirement? Uh, yeah, partial. Partial. I like partial. Partial Partially retired. You only do the things you want to do. Yeah, exactly. No, that's not a bad thing to do. Well, that's why I have you guys all around, around me in here. That way I can just do what I want. Well, I get paid the big bucks for a reason. Everybody gets paid the big bucks but me. <laughs> Isn't that always the case? <laughs> yeah, so. Well, anyway, welcome to our show where we talk all about retirement stuff, but mostly about things that we want to help you get retired early. So we talk about different sorts of strategies and ideas. When you listen to this podcast, just know that these are just educational tips and tricks, ideas, just things that we talk about in general. We're not giving you any specific advice because we don't know your situation. So we got to be careful with what we tell you and what you follow through with, you should really talk to your financial advisor, legal advisor, tax advisor before you make any decisions with your own money. This is just maybe a great way to start leading that conversation. So some of the things we talk about um, in this series, which we've been going through, which is five dumb things smart people believe about money. Um, and last episode, we talked about annuities. Yes, we did. Your favorite thing. Uh, indeed. And uh, I think we could have done five series on that. Uh, a little more in depth, but you know, you can pound a piece of meat till it falls until you're completely through it. And then it's, then it's just a mess. It, so you might as well, is. you know, you can't figure it out. Uh, and, let's just keep it kind of short. And annuities are a mess. And if you want to listen to that episode, you can go back in time. We have that um, as our previous episode here, but today we're talking about something else. And this is maybe a little bit more up to date, a little bit more modern uh, than most of our conversations when it comes to finance, because finance just seems like this old, archaic thing. But this one is stock picking. Five dumb things smart people believe. One of them is that they believe that picking certain stocks is going to make them wealthy and rich. Well, we're swinging clear to the other side of the spectrum from extremely conservative, cannot lose with annuities, right? all the way over to stock picking. Which is the wild, wild west of Wall Street, right? Roll the roulette wheel. I'm taking red or black or zero but or green. <laughs> or green. See, I've never been to Vegas. I don't understand Green's that neutral. I, I mean, I, I, let's see. How's that go? Green is... Maybe green's red and black. I don't know. See, I don't even play it enough. I don't think I'm going to go to Vegas with you. Anyhow, the roulette <laughs> wheel is hit or miss. Let's that's, put it that way. That's for sure. You either win the big bucks or you go home poor. And most of the time, you go home with empty hands. Although there is probably a couple handfuls of stocks that are hitting the uh, roulette wheel every time. I guess. But very few. 
but it has like a maximum bet on those. It's it's hitting the roulette wheel every time, but not for as much money as you would like. You're not going to become rich overnight with betting on certain stocks. There is a whole lot more stocks that uh, have fallen by the wayside than there has that have been gold for long periods of time. Well, let's talk about some of those stocks. Now, again, we're not giving any financial advice or investment advice here. We're just talking about some of the things that have happened in the last six or eight months. What about GameStop? What about, <laughs> what about AMC or Bitcoin as a cryptocurrency or what was it? BlackBerry? We were talking about BlackBerry. BlackBerry. All yeah. these companies that were on the way to their company grave, they were getting ready to be, go bankrupt, go out of business. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, poof, here comes a roaring comeback for that company. And probably some of the people that jumped in on that, I'm going to guess mostly the younger generation because of the excitement of it. And it was so simple. And yeah, you know, you the could, Robinhood app. You Robinhood. Know, you, could, yeah. you could trade stocks so easy on your phone and there's no commission. I'm doing air quotes with my fingers. No commission, no fees. So why not just do it? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, hey. Some of them made money doing it, and some of them are still waiting to make their money and probably will never make any money if they're still waiting. Yeah. Just from a past experience. And I think we had talked about this topic earlier. I We do have a previous episode where, where we mentioned yeah. a little bit of some of this stuff. But it's just interesting, the risk of something like this. So I, I had heard from a friend, which again, this is anecdotal evidence, so it doesn't mean that it's scientifically proven but i'd heard from a friend that he jumped into um to the gamestop thing later in the game it was he had the stock price originally it started back in september or october of 2020 the stock price was down to like a couple bucks a share two eight whatever it was and it got skyrocketed all the way up to just under four hundred dollars i believe and he had gotten in when it was in the two hundred dollar range and he was all excited because it had gone all the way up to four hundred dollars but he didn't sell when it was at the 400 mark. And now he had to end up selling when it was in the 100 mark. So he ended up losing money out of all that, even though he could have capitalized on his gain by picking the stock. He just didn't because of probably greed. Well, that's what happens in all that. You know, I can remember doing penny stocks when I was your age and your friend's age in the 80s. And, uh, you, you just know, dated yourself pretty hard right yeah. there. Buy a penny stock for, you know, a buck or buck 50 or whatever it was, a share, and it would run up to eight or nine bucks. And you're like, and all the news would be, well, it's going to keep going. It's going to go to 20, 30 bucks, you know? So you held on to it instead of selling it at eight or nine bucks. And, you know, six months later, it's back down to buck 50. And you're like, crap, I missed that. Well, but they say it's going to go back up way higher than where it was at the last. So you hold on to it and then it never does. You just hold on to this empty hope that <laughs> your stock is going to do something. I have a theory on how to do it and how to do it right, but you'll never get most people to follow it. I couldn't follow it. And I learned this after the fact, but uh, we're not going to go there today. Well, it's it's the part of being disciplined versus emotional about the investing, right? You, you start seeing these numbers. So let's say you pick a stock and now you look at the GameStop and all those meme stocks is what they're calling them. All these things that really have no basis for the reason their value run up other than the fact that they think there's this whole thing about you know the short squeeze and that they're going to take the money from the hedge funds and that's how they're going to make all their yeah. money. It has nothing to do with the actual fundamentals of the company that they're investing in. They're trying to play the, you know, the very mathematical background Wall Street game to make their money. But the interesting thing is, is you look at that and you start thinking, wow, there's, you know, all these different opportunities and things like that. What people don't realize is that there's a lot of risk tied up in there. 
right? There's there's a lot of things that can change on the fly with any individual company. And this is why when we talk about portfolio engineering and stuff that we do in our office, we talk mostly about diversification because it's so important to be diversified and spread your risk out a bunch multiple companies rather than just tie it all into one. And maybe you can share a little bit of your experience as to why why one company is so dangerous to, you know, put all your eggs in that one basket. Well, I've seen it many, many times since I started and and there, you know, even before I started, there's many, many stories of big super companies. You know, I look at Kodak. Let's use Kodak as an example. Kodak was the camera film company of the 60s, 70s, going into the 80s. I mean, they were it. They were the... I remember pulling up to one of those little Kodak booths in that parking lot. It was like a one-man room, and you pull your car up, you drop your camera off, and it says, come pick it up in 30 minutes or whatever, a couple hours, whatever it was. And then we'd come back around after we ran all of our errands with mom, and she'd have an envelope full of pictures. Popular as Coca-Cola, man. It was a household name. And uh, what they did, though, is they didn't stay up with the technology. When digital cameras came out, they kind of shied away from it. And uh, now we know where Kodak's at. I don't even know where it's at right now. I think it's in the single digit dollars. Changed its if name. It's, and... If it's even still alive. Right. But that was a household name and a stock that everybody was buying back in the day because it was, it was it. It was the camera. You know, it was, that was the hot thing. And then you go into, let's, let's bring it up a little newer. So what happens is there's companies you have to look at the management of the company if you're going to buy that stock. You can't buy it based on news, right? People buy stuff based on news. And go, oh, man, they, they're talking about Amazon, how great it is. Yeah, Amazon's cranking it, but, you know, and I'm not saying it's ever going to go down or what. I have no idea what that's going to do. But the point is that companies like Kodak, their management was not on top of the digital change. Right. And whoever thunk that? Nobody was thinking that way. They were just knew that Kodak was it. Everybody was buying Kodak and the film processing process and everything was on was cutting edge. But then there's a change in technology and the management didn't make that change. So therefore they fell by the wayside. Another more up to date. How about BlackBerry in the phone business? Right. Okay, BlackBerry was it. I they remember having a BlackBerry. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Well, and then Apple and Samsung come alive and they are is it Sam? Yeah, Samsung. Yep. And they just completely annihilated BlackBerry. And BlackBerry stock was hot back in the late 90s. Started in the late 90s. So that'd be early 2000s. Early 2000s. When yeah. BlackBerry was hot. So I think it peaked in like 2008. So I mean, it was right in the middle of all the financial crisis. They're getting the highest stock price they've ever had, which yes. is kind of crazy to yeah. think about that. But that's, I mean, that's the, the news was hot on BlackBerry because. The entire, you know, global economy is having all these struggles, but BlackBerry is just skyrocketing, right? It's just crazy to think about some of that stuff. But then you now know, it's being played on the Robinhood gig, isn't it? I yeah, think you it's told one of those me. meme stocks. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it had a little fluctuation this year because people think, oh, you know, it's coming back. They're coming out with new technology or whatever. And it's, I don't think that's the case. I think that's all I rumor rather think than. I think it's just another run, fact. another run of the of the game being played out there that will not ever probably create any real wealth. And, you know, our job is to help people create real wealth. And by picking stocks, it's too hard. First of all, what changes the stock price is new information, right? Right. It's news. Yeah, news. And so where do you think that news is being gathered at first? Is it a money manager that we use, one of them we use, manages over $2 trillion. Mm. They have 
boots on the ground all over the globe. They visit these companies. They can meet with the CEOs. You and I could never do that kind of stuff. Right. And don't you think that they know what's going on before we know what's going on? Or legally wise, they know when the announcement is, they can be in there buying that before you and I ever figured it out. And we might not know it for a day or two later. Right. I'm not saying insider trading, but I'm just saying they have the connections to do it and they have the capacity in their computer systems to do it faster. You can go on these, uh, you know, on your uh, online trading services, but they're not going to be as fast as a guy who's buying multi millions dollars of stock at a button, right? Nanoseconds, right? right? Yeah. Well, and you you actually just sent me an article similar to that where, okay, you have these large money management firms, whether they're hedge funds or mutual fund managers or different individuals that are working on the Wall Street side of things that have access to buying and selling within less than a second, you know, nanoseconds like you're saying. They can do that. But then you look at the retail investors like us, you know, let's say you have the Robinhood app or Webull. So what I'm saying is there's like five or six different trading apps out there. And what they do is they p get paid for, this is how they can do the no commission side of things. These trading apps get paid for a payment for order flow. So they receive money from a different company that actually handles the trades for these guys, which is really interesting. I want you guys to do your own research on payment for order flow because it's the reason that retail investors still have a disadvantage when it comes to stock picking. Right. Institutional investors have access to things before we do because they can have access to buying and selling at a quicker rate than what people do on the trading apps. And so there's already, as a normal person, a disadvantage when you come into the stock picking world. Right. And we did... Uh your grandpa, your, my dad and I, uh, we used to do stocks. Uh, we had portfolios of stocks in them all through the mid 80s till all the way through into the about 2000, even some into the early 2000s, but we were getting out of it then. It's too hard to be a stockbroker unless you're really deeply engaged in that. And that the fact is that the speed of trading was the problem. And uh, there has to be a buyer and a seller, right, in every trade of a stock. So everybody says, well, I'll, I'll just sell it when it gets to a certain point. Well, as long as you got a buyer on the market, which in most cases, if it's a bigger stock, there is a buyer and a seller on each side. But that buyer thinks he's getting over on the seller, and the seller thinks he's getting on over on the buyer. Right. And that's what makes the free markets work, right? The stock yep. price is accurate because both sides think they're getting a good deal or they would never sell it. Right. Or if they did sell it, they sell it for a loss or vi vice versa or whatever the reason is. The point is, it's too hard to trade stocks, not only based on what you're saying as far as cost and speed of buying and selling that stock, but also is we don't have access to the management of those companies to know exactly what they're thinking and where that company's going going forward. But if I'm a man money manager with $2 trillion, I got access to the CEO and the top managers of that company. I know where that company's at. I know if that company's looking like it's going south before it even hits the news. I can, you know, you get a gut feeling or you just know by reading the numbers and, and studying the financials of that company. Why would you ever try to pick them when you got people that have teams of literally thousands of people out there studying this stuff that know more than you and I ever would, right? Right. Well, and the argument would be, if I could play devil's advocate to that, the argument is, well, that costs too much to have access to that. But I don't think it really does. When, when you take a grand scheme look at maybe access to certain types of money managers and mutual funds and different types of managed investments, 
It doesn't cost nearly as much as how much time you would be putting in yourself. If you think about it, if you're a professional, let's say you're an engineer or you're a professional of some other sort. If you're an engineer, you are an expert at whatever your trade is. You're spending hours and hours learning and handling all that stuff. Do you also want to spend additional hours and hours learning and handling all the sides of understanding company financials, understanding management, understanding press releases, understanding how you vote with the stocks that you may have in that company, all those different things? Or do you want to have a professional who does as much work all day long as you do on your engineering things that does the same thing on the financial side and understanding companies? I think you want to have someone like that to help you out. Yeah, or you could uh, just buy a newsletter, you know. Oh, there's plenty the of those. picking newsletters or the online guys that got the hottest stock. Uh, it's going to be the next Amazon and all that crap, you know. And so you can go by that, which is going to put you into a somewhat hearsay method is right. how I look at it. If I'm in Reddit or on Robinhood or whatever that all that garbage is, I call it garbage because that's <laughs> how I feel it is because it's probably going to take more wealth away from people than created uh, is that it's just hearsay. It's talk, it's chatter. Right. And you get caught up in the moment. It's the fear. It's not the fear. It's the feeling of greed and I'm going to get rich. And you know, that exuberance feeling you get on things. And, uh, so it's just, it's just kind of funny how people will gauge and buy stocks. And we get people still today that come in here and want to buy a stock mm -hmm. and, they'll, and they'll go, well, I want to buy this stock. Can you help me out? Go, no, I don't go online and get a on do it online but why do you want to buy it oh man, i got a buddy it's you know he's making money on it and he says it's going to be hot i'm like okay uh well you might want to study it before you go do it but i'm not going to be a part of it yeah and we aren't a part of buying and selling stocks anymore it's just it's too hard and our job is to do what's right for our uh, clients and to do what will help them to create wealth right and the best way to create wealth is diversification Absolutely. It's been proven over and over and over. Well, and we have this conversation here a lot. And the reality is what we do in our practice as a financial advisor here, our goal is to build a good retirement portfolio for somebody. One that handles risk well and is built to design the income for a lifetime of retirement. And so when you look at those factors, stock picking has no room in our office because the high risk and high reward, okay? So that's what a lot of people will say. Well, I could make tons of money. Yeah, but there's also a high risk that goes along with that. So the high risk, high reward idea just doesn't fit into a retirement portfolio. Now, don't get me wrong. We have lots of clients, and I shouldn't say lots, but we have a few clients who really enjoy doing some trading of individual stocks on the side. I'm not going to tell them they can't do that. It's their money. But what I tell them is don't gamble with your retirement. Don't take your IRA or your 401k at work and dump it all into one company. That's pretty high risk for all the money that you might need to, to retire with. Now, if you want to take five, ten thousand $10,000 or whatever it is that you have on the side that you don't need for anything important, that you don't need to pay bills, you don't need for, you know, a the kids' college fund. Willing or, to lose. Yeah, it's something you're comfortable with losing. The same kind of money you would take to Vegas if you wanted to take to Vegas, something you're comfortable with, then go play. But know that you're getting into a high-risk, high-reward game. You could make a ton of money, but you're likely not going to because the game is already stacked against you like we just talked about. You, If you do make money, you're one of the few. not one of the. You're not in the majority. You're in the minority if you do make money. And you just have to be careful. Now, what we do with a diversified portfolio over hundreds and thousands of different companies and governments and stocks and bonds and everything all mixed into there, what we do with that is we're saying we know that we can get a consistent 
decent return. It may not double your money in six months. It definitely won't unless there's something crazy that happens in the market. But we're not going to double your money in six months, but we may be able to build wealth over time. And if you're consistent and disciplined over 10, 20, 30 years, you may see that you've built up a very handsome sum of money. You've built wealth for your family because you stuck to it and you stayed the course. Yeah. And stocks are probably one of the great, greatest wealth makers ever, right? Yeah. But the problem is trying to pick one or two or 10 or guy on TV says you only own a, need to own 10 to create wealth, which I, I disagree with. And so, but you need to diversify with a lot of them. Yeah. And, you know, you need to be able to have a money manager that can pick out those really good stocks as well. And uh, so that's where the diversification piece comes in. We're not against stocks. We're just against stock picking and yeah. trying to pick a few that you think you're going to get rich on, because I'm going to tell you right now, very, very few people can time that just right and get lucky because it really is. It's a Vegas luck deal. It is. It is. So to wrap this whole thing up, because we could go on and on just like we could about annuities, oh, just yeah. like we are going to go on and on in our next three episodes about dumb things that smart people believe. To wrap this up, the reality is stocks are amazing. They really are a huge wealth builder, just like you said, Brad. But the thing is, is you have to be smart and prudent and you need to stay diversified if you want to build long-term wealth. Can you pick and win big? Absolutely. Can you go to Vegas and win big? Absolutely. Is it likely? Probably not. Just like in Vegas where the house has the advantage, Wall Street has the advantage in the stock picking world. They have better technology. They have access to things sooner than we do. As a retail investor, you just need to know that you're playing against the odds here. And so just be careful. Be smart with it if you're going to do it. I don't suggest it if you're going to be doing it with your retirement portfolio because that's something you need to think long-term with. And uh, I think the key is if you're looking for a good long-term strategy, then find uh, you know a fiduciary advisor like us that can help you do that and do it right. You'll be fine. There's no reason to get greedy. There's, it's, you need to be sensible. And over time, you will win the ballgame. Absolutely. So speaking of us, you can head to our website, fikeadvisors.com. If you want some help with building your retirement portfolio, your income plan, trying to figure out if you can retire before 65, you need answers to those types of questions, head over to our website, fikeadvisors.com. There's a schedule now button in the top right corner of the page that takes you directly to our calendar. We can schedule a free 20-minute, 30-minute phone call. We call it our free consultation. What we do is we just talk about what your situation is. Let's see where you're at. Let's see if there's something we can help you with. If there is, we'll walk you through what the next steps are. If there isn't anything we can help you with, we'll find someone who can. So head over to fikeadvisors.com, click schedule now. There's a couple other things on there. We have a retirement map. If you uh, if you go to the homepage there, there's a free ebook. It's uh, called Your Retirement Map, and it's a four-step process of how to get retired. And so you can read through that. It's a checklist. It's actually pretty cool if you're if you're looking for a good starter position to see, man, I, I don't really want to talk to anybody. I'm not ready to you know meet with an advisor. We don't pressure people, but if you feel like I don't want to feel any pressure, check out the ebook. It's a great way to get started and on your journey towards retirement. Yep. I think that's a great way to close the day. Any and, financial uh, thoughts, Mr. Yo Guy? We haven't we haven't heard from the the financial flexibility master lately. Well, his financial yo guy is uh, in the process of uh, restretching his heart again. So what I'm doing is walking a lot now, trying to get my heart built up. You know, from loafing, I loafed a lot early summer, and I should have been walking, and I didn't. So as a financial 
yogi, a flexible uh, yogi. That means basically I'm <laughs> flexible financially. I'm also flexible in the physical arena. Wow. I'm flexible to work out hard for a few months and then I'm flexible to loaf. I just can't be consistent. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I saw a friend of mine at the gym and he does not look like he would be flexible. We'll put it that way. He's a bigger guy and I'm thinking, no way. He kicked his leg up probably up over his head to stretch his hamstrings, I was blown away. So I'm starting to wonder if you have a magic trick like that, that if you can do one of those like uh, I high- can touch high, my toes like with, it, with it, no problem. Well, that's good. But I want to know if you could do like the ballerina kick where you can kick your foot up over your head with a straight leg. You could lean it up against the wall if you had to. So kick your leg up over your head, but put it up against the wall and see if you could stretch your hamstrings. Well, if I try that right now, what if I fall over? Well, I'd have a video of it. So don't start yet. Let me get the video <laughs> ready. Then we can post that on our, on our Fike Advisors Ooh. Instagram. <laughs> That might ruin the financial yoga uh, image. That's true. You know, right now they, they can't see any of your stretches so that they have no idea how flexible you really are. Yep. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> that's that's the words of the wisdom for the day. Stay flexible uh, in your uh, physical body and in your investing. And we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Investment advisory services provided by Fike Advisors, LLC. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Please consult a professional before taking any action. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed.